All right, welcome to another episode of Spilling Buckets. This is Hoopheads edition number two. We've been on a bit of a hiatus here as the NBA season wrapped up three or four weeks off the mic, but we're excited again to have Robbie Herman, Gabe Seidman, and my co-host Kyle Vaughn. And obviously we are very excited for the playing games and round one of the playoffs. I think before we even get into these are predictions for these playing games. I'd kind of like to go around the horn and ask if everyone here is actually a fan of this playing format and thinks it should be here to stay. If we want to start with you, Kyle. Yes. Uh, I would say that my answer is a, a firm. Yes. Just because, um, you know, it added so much value over the course of like the previous two weeks where it was a bit of a slog as it was even with the plan, but you know, teams having the chance to fight up, fight their way up to the number 10 uh, seed instead of the number eight and have a chance to get in. I think it just added in a lot more compelling basketball over the course of the last two weeks where, like I said, it would be, um, you know, really monotonous um, in previous years when there's just the eight seed. So um, I'm fired up for it. I think we, we really caught a break with this Lakers Warriors game. Like that's literally as good as you could possibly imagine. Um, but yeah, I think it was a major success. Um, excited to see how the games play out. Robbie, you agree? Of course. I mean, the answer, the, the answer no is, is not an answer there. I mean, as Vaughn said, like the excitement of these last two weeks has been amazing. Uh, we have this brand new toy of, of four extra days of playoff hoops that start tomorrow. Um, and it, like, what's the, the downside is that someone like the Lakers is going to complain like, all right, so win a couple more games. Like, and, and also like if you're the seven or the eight, you just have to win one out of two. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Back up only- and, and win one. Gabe, would you agree that the only downside, though, is if if the Lakers did lose two straight, that that would suck? Absolutely, and I'm I'm for it. I just think I did like last year how I think the nine seed had to be within like a certain number of games um, in order to qualify for the play-in. I I feel like that's sort of a better approach. Like the Spurs are nine games back from the Lakers, and yeah, well, I feel like in these playing games, we'll get to the predictions. I feel like they're, because of Boston's injuries, a few teams that just don't really interest me too much, whether it's Boston. For me, Boston, Indiana, and San Antonio are the teams that I don't want to see move on into the into the next round. I think it's great that we'll get to see LaMelo play on a bigger stage in the Charlotte-Indiana game. If we want to start with that game, that's game one tomorrow night. At 6.30, which is an unreal start time. Love the 6.30 love that. start. Love that. Um, Indiana, Charlotte. I believe we uh, prepared ourselves with the spreads here. The Hornets are plus three in that game. I mean, I like the Pacers in that game. I think that they just have more experience. The no Hayward factor hurts a lot. Um, I just trust Brogdon and Zabonis. It's funny. They came out with the injury report for tomorrow, and everyone on the Pacers is questionable, and I, I don't understand that. Like, what's the point of that? Sabonis and Brogdon aren't going to play tomorrow night. Um, so I like Indiana in that game. What do you guys think? I agree. Um, I mean, Brogdon is kind of more of a true questionable because he hasn't been playing recently, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll lace them up tomorrow night. Um, I'm just so happy guys. Like, I mean, we made it, we got, we got the play in, we got games, playoff games every night for two months. Um, this, this year feels a little bit different. Cause like, I mean, I still think the Nets will roll, which we'll get into, but we got seven teams who have a legit chance to win the title. Um, and we have this added wrinkle that we haven't had for eight years, which is the New York Knicks. Um, so life is, life is really good right now. 
Um, as for the play in games, yeah, I have the Patriots as well. I just think the Hornets have been garbage without Hayward. Um, the fact that they made the Knicks sweat it out on Saturday was a little a little off putting, but yeah, I think I think the Pacers roll there. Yeah, I agree that they they likely win, but I think it's it's interesting the like the disparity between the the head coaches between the teams in this game. Like um, the, it was coming out within the last couple of weeks that there's like almost a mutiny with the Pacers um, and their head coach. Like he's just berating players and other coaches. And it would be kind of shocking if he wasn't fired after this season, just based off like the reports of like disdain towards him in the, uh, in the locker room. But, you know, talent really does win games and they do have more talent on the court. Um, but I guess for the other side of the, uh, the head coaching deal, like Borrego, you know, this team didn't have a lot of high hopes, uh, the Charlotte team going into the year. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward signing um, was pretty much lauded, or the, op- the opposite. Uh, it was kind of shot on for, uh, you know, just an off-season move. Um, but, yeah, basically, um, it seems like franchise is going in different directions, but I do think tomorrow the Pacers are going to go. Gabe, you see a big Levert game? I'll take the Hornets. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm, hope, I'm rooting for the Hornets in this game. I think they're just more fun. Like the Pacers, Levert, Levert has been a fun little addition, but Sabonis, and I know Sabonis has been playing well, but I don't know. P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, they can get hot. Charlotte can get hot. And, you know, if LaMelo can get done, so- is there any way we can get a feed with the uh, the Charlotte uh, play-by-play? Oh, my no, God. The, the playing games, the playing games are not on any of the local channels, but the first round, you can get them all on the local. Most of the games are on the local uh, RSNs, too. Another week of Clyde. Love it. Yeah, Love but you're going to get Kenny Albert, though. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to listen. Yeah, but Clyde is what you come to see. Exactly. I guess so. We'll, we'll get to our uh, – playoff broadcast the ranking soon right so the, you like in the game the first game i like indiana but what i was going to say is this game will set up for in my opinion indiana the winner of this game will play boston for the eight seed which is what i i would feel pretty confident saying that do we does anyone here like boston in the in the seven eight game i do um okay. i i like boston and you know it seems like like i don't know listening to to simmons and Russell today like not giving Boston a chance just doesn't really sit right with me. Like, Hey, they're favored. So let's not, you know, let's not turn our eyes at that. But uh, I don't know. Let's say, let's say Tatum and, and Beal each get their 30. I'd rather have Tatum in this game. I mean, he's played in conference finals the last few years. Beal hasn't played in a big game since like the John Wall era. Um, I, I feel comfortable with Kemba putting up a big game. And I think the moment for Russ is like, obviously not too big for him. But I think he's going he's gonna to get in that mindset of everyone's watching. I'm going to try to do everything. And he's going to miss 17 shots and have eight turnovers. And I don't know. I just think that combined with a better coach and, and home court, I don't see why everyone's just penciling in the Wizards in that one. Yeah, I mean, maybe, know maybe it's worse. just me. But yeah. I've done a 180 on as far as my fandom for Westbrook. <laughs> I'm all in. On, I don't actually agree with the way he plays. But I'm, I would love to see Westbrook go off in this game and at least give uh, a one seed or a two seed a little bit of trouble. Not that they would give Brooklyn too much trouble, but I'm, I've been enjoying Westbrook in this role. I feel like he's almost in this underdog position where 
in previous years, more so in Houston, he was in a position where the expectations may have been unrealistic given the results that he's had in his career uh, without Duran as far as winning. But I feel like now he's in this role where it's kind of win only for Westbrook. I don't think anyone expects too much from Washington. And I would like to, there's, there, there's no one in the league that plays like him at this point. And I would like to just embrace him and, and hopefully Washington can pull this out. And there's always so much drama around Westbrook. I would, I would enjoy him making noise in the playoffs. I feel like nobody expects big things out of Washington besides Russell Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. Like, for better or worse, his fingerprints are going to be all over the game. Uh, like you could easily see 30, 20, 20. I mean, maybe not easily, but 30, 20, 20, or like 10 or 28 shooting and they lose like in a close one. So I mean, Westbrook in experience for better or worse, but yeah, Westbrook in May averaged like 23, 16 and 13, like full on video game numbers. I also, Gabe, do you think that Bradley Beal is, I mean, hopefully he's fully healthy, but can actually take it up a level because I saw this screenshot a few days ago. You put his stats next to Curry. Efficiency percentage is included. He's basically the exact same player. Statistically, we know that's not necessarily the case, but I'd like to see Beal, who's, I don't, I feel like no one knows how they actually feel about him. Is he a superstar? Is he the good stats, bad team guy? Do you think he can actually, his performances can turn into winning? Yes. Yeah, I, I think they can. I, I mean, he's obviously a, an amazingly gifted scorer. Um, and I think that Westbrook, it's kind of tough because he relies on Westbrook. I, there's definitely times where Westbrook will, will take over and kind of freeze him out of the offense. Um, so I think that, I think that he's ready for a big game. It's a huge, huge opportunity for Washington. And I think they get the job done. And we can't not talk about Daniel Gaffer. Yeah. who <laughs> could potentially be the difference maker in this one. So I'm definitely rooting for, for the whiz. But that's what I'm saying. Like everyone shits on the Celtics, you know, four through 10, which they should. The roster's terrible, especially without Jalen. But when we're talking about guys like Daniel Gaffer and Ish Smith and, and God knows who else is playing and Davis, like, is that really that much better than Marcus Smart, Robert Williams? I mean, I agree. The Celtics and Ainge should take that, that, you know, they didn't do a good job in the off season, but I'll still take that roster in one game at home. Robbie, Robbie's just a Kemba guy. That too. <laughs> it's also a bit of a revenge series, series in quotes uh, for Beal. Cause they had that legendary uh, series against the Celtics when uh, it was him and John Wall. I think it, they lost in seven at home. So this could be a nice little revenge going in and winning the plan on the road. Yeah, and the, the old NBA crowd is definitely going to be pissed off when Beal and Tatum are hugging and talking for 20 minutes after some tight loss for one of those guys, but it is what it is. So it seems like, Kyle, do you have the Wizards? I have the Wizards, and I want the Wizards. All right, so we're all in the Wizards besides Robbie there. Let's let's move over to the West, should we? I mean, also, I mean, we can think about, too. So if So for the most part, we have Washington locking in the seven seed, and then we have Boston – playing Indiana is what the majority thinks here um, for the eight seed. So it'll be two opportunities for Tatum to put up pretty historic performances and carry them. Right. For ideal entertainment, who would you like to see this get the seven and eight? Um, For ideal entertainment, I'd like to see Washington get the seven. I think that while obviously the Nets would be heavily favored, there's just enough talent on Washington that you could foolishly convince yourself that it, it, they can make it interesting. Whereas 
no other team in that play in, I think, I mean, you, you, you can't even try to convince yourself. Westbrook would think he was the best player on the court in a series against the Nets. Yeah. I mean, Westbrook would be the whole Westbrook Durant thing is just fun. You guys agree? Washington, Brooklyn would be the, the best possible play in result. I think that'd be the most fun. And then I think for the eight, I guess Boston, just because Indiana and Charlotte are kind of dry. And, and Boston yeah. Philly is fun, even if they're injured. Yeah. That's, that's ideal. Yeah. Hopefully that's what we get. All right, let's move over to the West. I think this is the Spurs just. <laughs> what? It's what just, I, <laughs> I know, I know they have fun players, but how much, I mean, I'd rather see New Orleans in this game, but they don't remotely deserve it. They had an embarrassing season. Um, so yeah, Spurs Grizzlies is the first game on Wednesday night. Spurs plus four, the Grizzlies coming off the loss uh, against Golden State. I like Memphis in this game, but we're just starting to see with John Morant that he, I know he's only in his second season, but he's going to have to quickly develop this jump shot because we see in these, in these bigger games that as a guard, if you can't shoot, it just, it gets magnified in all of these bigger spots, especially late in games. Although maybe they'll, maybe they'll ride Jonas Valanciunas, who is one of the most underrated guys in the league. I'll, I will, I'll take Memphis solely for the jaw factor. How about you, Kyle? I'll- Go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I love Ja. I love Ja. I love his highlights. I have his jersey. But what, what, uh, what jersey is, is it? Uh, it's not great. It's just like a white one. I could, I, that's I, good. I mean, no, that's good. We, well, not interrupt you. The, the Heat got rid of the Vice Unis, which we, we should celebrate on this, on this show, but go on. Um, but I, I was going to say, is it, is it, uh, time to start saying that RJ might have a better career than Ja? <laughs> No, yes. no, no, it is not. I'm not, I'm not going to fall into this Knicks banter this time when I let yeah. you guys slide with uh, quickly <laughs> as a top five pick. One team doesn't ago. need a plan. Come on. Um, the Knicks, I mean, no, I know we're Knicks guys, but the Knicks in the West might have been a different story. All right. That's let's, true. Let's no, I, I, think, I think the Grizz will win. Um, I, know, I know Gabe and I on our last pod talked about uh, the Spurs being more fun than people gave them credit for, but it's been a rough second half of the year for them. Um, and they have, they have like good, fun, random talent, but I don't think it clicks very well together. And uh, I just think Ja and Jaron and Jonas, it's a lot of Jays, um, have a little bit more firepower. Gabe, who do you like? I'll take the Spurs. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I'll take Popovich in a one-game matchup any day of the week. Um, and, I yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, but I, I do like the Spurs' young talent. I like Murray. Um, and I think that Pop's going to put together a game plan for Ja, you know, to expose their weaknesses. Um, unless Dylan Brooks can catch fire, I don't see why I don't see why the Spurs should lose this game. I actually agree. I, I'm going to take the Spurs as well, just because. I mean. The pop resume speaks for itself, and I guess like the Warriors' defense literally put the blueprint out. 24 hours ago, how to win a win or go home type of game against this team. Um, I also have gone chalk with every other pick, so I'm taking one underdog. Um, but I don't know. Like we've mentioned, like the Spurs' athletic wings. Jonas might be a problem, um, but it'll be a close game. You know, take the coaching, take the experience. Um, it sounds even, like sounds yeah. like Gabe and Vaughn should. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, sounds like you guys should no, have money on. Moneyline parlay the uh, the Wiz and the Spurs that would pay out nicely. 
So yeah, I, I haven't I'm bet ahead. on an NBA I'm way game. Ahead of you. I, <laughs> I haven't bet on an NBA game in probably two plus months. I think we're going to have to get back into it tomorrow night with, I'm just going to take the plus two because there's such a good chance the Wizards lose a heartbreaker. So I'll just, I'm not going to get greedy and take the money line. I think what's interesting too, though, is so the, the Spurs are four point underdogs, right? But if I'm, if I'm golden state or the Lakers, I'd rather, if I lose that game, play Memphis, like there's just something scary about the Spurs and pop that regardless of who's on the court, I'm just more concerned. Cause you know, that they ha- regardless of the players have the experience, you just know that the team's going to play a season game. Whereas if the Lakers say the Lakers somehow lost to Golden state, I, I would think they'll beat Memphis by 30, you know, whereas the Spurs are kind of scary. So we'll see what the outcome is there. So those are, our, I, I don't agree. You don't agree. You think Memphis? I don't agree. I think so as a Laker guy, you'd rather see Memphis if they lose on Wednesday. I mean, rather, no, see, I'd rather San see the Spurs for sure. Eh. Look at the talent. DeRozan. I guess, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll think about what the Lakers backcourt would do. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the Lakers shouldn't lose on, um, well, that's our last game. The Lakers, that's the, the war. I almost glossed over the, the best game of the plan. The Lakers warriors, the Warriors are plus four and a half, which I'm honestly surprised the spread is that is that low. Um, obviously, with the Lakers, and we'll get to this, I think the two most talented teams in the league in the Lakers and the Nets, the only thing that can get in their way is health. LeBron, based on just trying to read between the lines on his post-game interview, seems like he feels good enough to, to take the Lakers where they need to get. I think the I, I have the Lakers here. I think the only way they lose this game is the obvious if Curry just puts up 50 and, and, and just goes absolutely off. What do you think, Robbie? I'm with you, sadly. Um, I think Steph has cemented himself as my favorite player of all time. Um, but I just, you know, when you're looking at, at big-time minutes from Toscano Anderson and, and Mulder and guys like that, I think LeBron should be able to figure it out. I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought that line would be like eight or nine. Um, yeah, so I might, I might be putting down a pretty penny on LA tomorrow night. Or yeah. Monday I actually night. can't believe it's four and a half. I mean, they, they must think that the Lakers are still just disheveled. Gabe, who do you have? I have the Lakers as well. Um, but Jordan Poole has been coming on a little bit. Yes. I He's been balling. So I, I'm hoping for a good game, but I, yeah, I think the Lakers win and then the Warriors will, will win for the eighth seed and we'll have, it'll be great. Yeah, while we're on this, I, Andrew Wiggins too is completely hit or miss. I mean, he has some games throughout the season that don't make any sense. Like he had a 17 for 22 game a few nights ago. Like he, he's capable of being a viable number two option once a month. So, I mean, we can see if that happens tomorrow. The problem for them is other than Draymond, they have nobody to, to even bother AD. I mean, Kevon Looney's not going to get it done. As far as the Lakers, while we're on them, because I guess we won't talk. I mean, we can get to them a little bit more when we come up with what we think these first round matchups are, but are you guys, Kyle, are you subscribing to Andre Drummond actually being a factor for them? I think, I think that he will be, but I think more so it's going to be them having a significant second big, whether it's him or Gasol, that position is going to play a big role. Um, it may not be Drummond every night. It may be Gasol, but pairing AD with the second big and just relying on that length. We saw that last year um, with those uh, Dwight and JaVale minutes uh, with AD. Um, you know, it allows AD to roam defensively and clean up everything on the offensive glass. So 
um, you know, if it's not Drummond, it'll be Gasol. But I do think that, um, you know, pairing that second big with them is like pretty much the blueprint for the Lakers. Yeah, until closing time. Yes. As much... as... Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, Gabe. I was going to say, I would, I would much rather have Gasol on the court. Than I agree. At all. And, I, and I'd rather have any of us on the court than Harrell. I can't stand. I said this a few months ago. He does. I don't see what he adds, but we'll, we'll get to that later. I, so all right, that's the plan analysis. I wanted, I've got a bunch of topics. I wanted to start with this coming off of last night where LeBron said that uh, Steph is the MVP of the league this season. And he's been much more cordial in his press conferences towards Steph all season long. There was all the BS about him taking him first in the draft, which I'm embarrassed to even mention. It's the silliest topic possible, but LeBron always has an agenda. We'll start with you, Kyle. Why do you think he is all of a sudden trying to trying to put Steph on this pedestal that he deserves to be on? But he, you, I mean, he used to be salty toward him. It's because it makes him look better. Just like everything that LeBron now does is to make <laughs> himself look better. And it's pretty insufferable. Um, <laughs> but I think that's clearly what it is. I know Windhorse speculated that it was like, recruiting staff for his next free agency that's not happening but i really think it's he's rising or he's putting elevating staff to elevate himself like this guy's one of the best ever i went in and beat him after he won 73 games like i mean all all ties in yeah i read a tweet that i agreed with that lebron was saying this so that it sets up for if they lose on wednesday that doesn't look that bad because that's (laughs) like the mvp this year it's true and he, he i mean he put up an Instagram today, LeBron. Like, oh, God, yeah. It's so brutal about, like, his uh, averaging 25 points for the 18th time or something. Something ridiculous. But, and they say I'm not a scorer. Yeah. But he says, oh, and they say I'm not a scorer, uh, but I like it better when people don't talk about me as he puts out a post of just, like, completely talking about himself. I mean, yeah, Vaughn nailed it. I mean, everything he does, everything he says, everything he posts is calculated. Um make people think he's better than Jordan and uh he's you know he's clearly the best player any of us ever watched I think we were like five when when MJ won his last title um but everything he does is just like yeah it just doesn't sit well with me it's all an act and uh that's the reason why you know I I appreciate his greatness as we all should but that's you know that's the reason I don't want to see them win again I just don't want to I don't want to have to deal with another one of that corny like respect when he was holding that whole respect speech was so planned. It was like he was reading and I just don't want us to deal with that again. Yeah. Well, he was, this is the first step in him sort of like crafting his, his playoff story. Um, and like, I don't know if you guys saw Jared Dudley just came out and said like, this will be the hardest, you know, Dudley drives me insane. <laughs> Dudley's the worst. He said, this would be like the hardest tough, you know, road to a championship ever. Obviously, a seven seed has never won an uh, NBA But champion. didn't they use that up last year? That's all we heard last yeah, year? Yeah, because last year was the bubble. <laughs> so, no, it's, like, it's, only, it's only tough to win the finals if LeBron does it. What's funny, too, is if, if they beat Golden State tomorrow, like this, it sets up perfectly. They'll play Phoenix, and then they play the winner of, um, of Portland-Denver. Like, if, if they get through the first round, then it's – it sets up pretty well for them. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously the wrong guy, but the past few years I've started to actually admit how frustrating he can be. It's it, like, how much more enjoyable would it be if he actually 
just won titles and didn't try to satisfy the media and was a badass and was and didn't try to have everyone like him. I almost wish it was like year one in Miami LeBron where he was kind of an asshole, although he was as insecure then as he is now. So it is what it is. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to Philly. This is I think I think this is one of the biggest storylines of the playoffs. Um, people. So Philly is the number two favorite behind Brooklyn to win the Eastern Conference. And a lot of people are taking Philly. They're the one seed. Me personally, I don't see it. I think it's going to be the exact same story that we've seen in previous years. I don't think they made enough changes for the end of games to look any different unless Tobias Harris can start hitting shots because I'm just a firm believer that going to big men late in games is a lot easier to defend than going to a ball handler. So do any of you guys like Philly and, and foresee them playing differently late in games than we've seen the past three, four seasons? Start with you, Robbie. Um, I think, you know, I think if Embiid stays healthy, um, as painful as, as it is to say as a Knicks fan, I think they will make the Eastern Conference Finals fairly, fairly easily. But, yeah, they have um, a nice road. But, uh, no, I think they'll get absolutely smoked by the Nets. Um, I just think uh, – I think Embiid will get his 40 every night in that series. Um, but when you have Simmons and Tybal on the, on the court to try to slow down Kyrie and, and Harden and Durant, which they won't even do successfully, it's just like they're not going to be able to keep up. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't think they have enough offense around Embiid as, as many points as he will put up. Gabe? I think it's going to work out for them. I'd like to take this moment to, to announce that I am taking Philly out of the East to the finals. And I think, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to – I mean, I just think Embiid's too dominant. I don't know who on the Nets is, is guarding him. Um, if that's the matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, they have more shooting this year. I know, you know, they have uh, Simmons and Tybal on the court. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's their year. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Embiid has been the most dominant player in the league when playing. Um, I don't think it's crazy at all to take them. Um, I think it would be, like, as interesting a clash in matchups as you could ask for between Philly and, and Brooklyn. Um, and it seems like every one of these Brooklyn games, even if they're up like, you know, a dozen points, I mean, we obviously haven't really seen them at full strength, but you can imagine them being up a dozen points and then, you know, come the fourth quarter and get more into half court sets. That's when the wing defenders of Philly really start to thrive. You get some stops, you get some buckets. It comes down to being a close game. And then, you know, you're relying on your big man, which, I know, Ryan, you don't like down the stretch, but, I mean, still one of the best players in the league. I just wonder what we're going to be saying about Ben Simmons if they – I mean, if they lose in the in the conference finals again and he's a ghost in late in games. Like, what what is, what is Ben Simmons? Uh, he's one of the most unique players in the league, but does he need two offensive superstars next to him to win? I think he does, and I, I, Tobias Harris can't be that guy. Like, do we think this is just Ben Simmons maxed out? He, this is the player he is for the next 10, 12 seasons? Well, he would look a lot different in a different setting if he wasn't on a team with Embiid and he could just have shooters all around him. I think his deficiencies would be a lot more less obvious. Um, but in terms of this pairing, and it may be the ceiling, but if your ceiling is a one seed, you know, 
it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but you got to win. I mean, True. I don't see and why. I don't see why. The, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just going to say, he'll be the scapegoat this year if they don't make the finals. Last he year, should be. it was uh, it was uh, Mike Brown, or not Mike Brown. Brett Brown. Uh, Brett Brown. <laughs> um, and this year, it would be Ben Simmons. Well, it's just like, why can't he develop like a Rondo-esque jump shot? Like Rondo isn't a great shooter, but you have to respect him. I just think it's hard for offenses to operate late in games if you can stand at the free throw line when he's at the three-point line. Robbie, are you a Ben Simmons guy? <laughs> I think we talked about this last time. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I agree with everyone that he's, you know, a top three defensive player in the NBA. Uh, I think he's, if he was their third wheel, if they had, you know, like a, a Beal, a Beal, a but oh, yeah, I guess they had that. Um, if he could really just, you know, focus on the defensive end and, and not have to have a burden on the offensive end, then yeah, sure, they could win a championship with him. But uh, as constructor right now, I just I don't think there's enough points to be scored. Yeah. I mean, he's a good – he's a great slasher. He's a good passer. Um, with the shooters around, there's more spacing for him to, you know, do his thing in the paint. Obviously, it's tough with Embiid, like Kyle said. It's tough with Embiid down there to, to you know, have the space. But I think, I think it's their year. I would like to see it. I, I mean, I love Embiid, and I would like to just see a big man carry a team, but we'll see. I wanted to get to the next topic here, just a question I had for you guys as we enter a fresh playoffs. If there's a specific player, let's take, let's take team fandom out of this as best as we can. If there's just a player in the league that you'd like to see hoist that trophy the most come the end of the playoffs, we'll start with you, Gabe. Probably Booker. Booker, and I can combine that with CP3. Um, obviously, I mean, Booker's just one of my favorite young players. He's the coolest, such a good skilled scorer. Um, and then CP3, on the other hand, like, it's he needs that that ring to solidify his legacy. So I, I'm just – I'm rooting for that. Um, and my first choice was Julius, but I, I just – <laughs> yeah, my my the first image choice. Of CP3 holding up the trophy would be oh, like yeah. seriously crazy. Yeah, my but, first choice was LeBron, but I'll I'll, I'll move that. I'll, I won't say that. But not to repeat, it's Chris Paul. I mean, if Chris Paul wins this title, then like we can actually sit there and say Chris Paul is potentially or maybe a top five point guard of all time. And okay. I just feel like he's so disrespected from so many different people. I said. I said to my brother um, a few months ago, and he laughed at me. And I, I didn't, I didn't fully believe it at the time, but I think I believe it now. I said, just for this season, if you're going to drop any player on any team, and that, te- and you just know that that team's going to make the playoffs, regardless of who's on that roster, I said that he's in the top three, even at this age for me. I didn't have a specific three, but him and LeBron are in there. And I know Chris Paul's not a top three player in the NBA, but if he's on your team. You will win, and I, I just want, I just want to see Chris Paul in the finals be hitting those elbow jumpers and, and just yelling at everyone, slapping the opponent's ass. For me, it's Chris Paul by a lot. I agree. It's such a bummer that you know they're going to be underdogs in round one, assuming the Lakers uh, take care of business on Wednesday. Um, oh, and also if we, if we get uh, Sun Sixers in the finals, we get the uh, Kendall Kendall Jenner Bowl. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I totally agree. I. I've loved the Suns so much since the bubble last year. 
Uh, I'm with Gabe. I love Booker. I love CP. Bridges is like one of my favorite young players in the league. Um, so out of the, as I said, I think there are seven teams with a, with a real shot, four in the West, uh, three in the East. And the two teams I'd be happiest with are the Suns and the Jazz, because I'm a huge Donnie guy. Um, I feel like people are discounting the success they've had, but I think they have a real shot. And uh, I think they'll get the Clippers in round two, which will be an awesome series. But um, I think they're in the mix as much as anyone. How about you, Kyle? Are you going to say the same guy? Well, I would not be upset at all um, if it were to be CP3. I think that would be amazing. But if I were to have my choice, um, I would – the image of Jimmy Butler winning a title and host, hoisting the trophy would be, like, pretty chill-inducing. I kind of fell in love with that team and the way they played last year on their finals run. Um just how hard he plays, how much he puts a team on his back, like him and Bam are unreal. Um, so that would be awesome. And honestly, I wouldn't hate to see Giannis. Like, I think that that would be, um, you know, like full circle on what is like a story that we take for granted, you know, with his background. But um, two-time MVP would really solidify him as one of the greats of this generation. Um, and, you know, just really respect the way, I guess, both those two guys play and their team. So, kind of a shame uh in my mind that they're playing in the first round but um happy with either of those guys yeah and i think Giannis winning would help promote the stay with your team for more than two three seasons you guys will probably laugh at this guy but we're saying guys that we think their teams have realistic chances and i can't even say without laughing but i would i would really actually not mind watching paul george cook in this postseason and shut everyone up because i know he's come up small every year but I don't have any problem with them off the court. Everyone says he's a great guy after Kyrie and a few other guys. He's got one of the smoothest games in the league. When Paul George is on, it's must watch in my opinion. Do I think that he will come through? No, but think about how much that guy wants to shut everyone up. He's played a full 72 game season. And until he gets to a Western conference final, not one shot he takes matters to anyone. So I'd like to see Paul George come through even though I don't see it happening at all. <laughs> it's a weird comparison, but it'd be like when David Price won the World Series with the Red Sox after getting shelled his whole career, or, yeah. or Kershaw for that matter. I mean, no, we'll, we'll get to the Clippers later, but no one no one talks about the Clippers at all. I think maybe because they're just maybe not that fun of a team. and, and everyone, everyone hates them. Yeah, everyone dislikes them. Let's, this was another topic, though, I want to talk about. It kind of relates to the Clippers. Just the concept of being able to flip, flip on the switch, which we've seen with LeBron teams throughout the years, being able to flip that switch on come playoff time, which they were able to do last year when they kind of dragged ass through the eight regular season games in the bubble. But what I wanted to mention is we'll get to the Knicks now a little bit, is I think what benefits the Knicks is that they actually just played 72 playoff games. Like I think they legitimately treated every game that seriously. And then the other point is, Obviously, we're big NBA fans, and we and we might we might opt to consider these regular season games as mattering more than they do, or players trying harder than they actually might be trying. But I think these playing games and the way the Lakers play over the next few weeks is going to be a good indication of like this. The playoffs is just a different brand of basketball entirely, and I think there are certain teams that are going to struggle to flip the switch on. There's other teams that. Like a Utah, I know, I feel like some some of you guys in here might believe in Utah, but I feel like a team like Utah, if they play 
the Lakers, like the Lakers can flip it on and they can't. What do you guys think about the concept overall? One of you guys wants to jump in. I mean, I think it's, I think it's dependent on the team and the stakes. Like I agree that with the Knicks, it helps that they, they've had pretty much the same group this whole year. Uh, they know it's going through Julius and then guys like RJ and, and, you know, Bergson quickly and, and everyone else can sprinkle in. So I think that camaraderie helps, but I think if, if we're talking about like the Nets, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think they'll, they'll get on the court, roll the ball out and start balling. I mean, we saw with the Lakers last year, uh, they barely played together as a full unit and that clearly wasn't a problem. Um, same thing with like that first KG Celtics year. I think they won it all in his first year there. So I think we were talking about the elite of the elite. It's not an issue, but if we were talking about like fringe first round matchups, I think it definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, I think overall it's, it's just interesting to see you watch a 72 game season and then we could sit there and watch game one of a series and be, and think, how did I possibly think this was going to be a series? But then at the same time, there are a lot of game ones, for example, like the Lakers lost game one pretty much in all their series last year. And it's easy to hit the panic button. Um, but moving on, Robbie, you mentioned the Nets, and we mentioned just the importance that the play. I mean, this is really where we measure players of the th- of the big three in Brooklyn. Gabe, who do you think this postseason matters most for um, career wise? Harden. I think it has to be Harden. Uh, well, he's got no ring, um, and he kind of acted like a big bitch his way to to Brooklyn so you know in reality like their attitude all season has kind of set this up for like major pressure um coming in the playoffs and you know I I don't know to me now it's time to like win or shut up Kyle how about you who do you think is the uh who do you think this is most important for so I think it's a really interesting question uh but I agree with Gabe that I think Harden has to be the answer just because of the fact that he doesn't have, uh, you know, the rings, um, you know, to his name. Um, but, but, you know, for all three of these guys, um, you know, they're not the most positively talked about um, in the media. So um, it would be, you know, a big F you to a lot of people if they were able to, uh, you know, come together pretty much on a whim, um, not play together rookie head coach, uh, again, like very little experience. And, you know, there are a lot of our, like a lot of the people's favorites to win it all. Um, so it's definitely an interesting thought. Um, and you can really see all three of them potentially like being the catalyst behind like winning games and winning series, which makes them so interesting. But I do think that, um, you know, Harden will shoulder a lot of the blame if they aren't to, uh, to pull through. Robbie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think everyone everyone agrees that Harden is a much better player than Kyrie, but uh, the fact that he's got that ring alleviates a little bit of the pressure. Um, I think Harden's whole career has been judged unfairly. I think obviously winning is important, um, but I think right now he's the best offensive player in the game, and I think he's going to be a big reason that they end up cutting down the nets. I know we don't cut down the nets in the NBA, but um, I, I tend to I tend to root against the nets because those guys spurned the Knicks, but uh, Harden, I think I would actually feel the happiest for if they end up doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think Harden's gotten treated a bit unfairly, but at the same time, his playoff performances just haven't been what they should be for a player at his skill level. 
But also, I, I have a quick little tangent based on something Robbie just said. Ryan, yeah, do you know if you're going to be rooting for the Nets or not? And when do you think you're going to know by? That is a good question. I, I don't think I will be because I envision them if they get to the conference finals. I don't see, I don't really see a world in which Philly doesn't get to the conference final just based on this setup. And if they're playing Philly, I'm going to be rooting for Embiid. For me, I'll, I'll answer your question, but I was first going to say, technically, I, the answer for importance should be Harden. He hasn't won. But I also think that I know the off-the-court stuff ends up, get, we get bogged down by it with Kyrie. But I think there's a lot on the line for him as well. We view him. A lot of people will sit here and say, oh, he won with LeBron. But, I mean, he was as good as LeBron in that, in that finals. He was, he was, it was absurd. He was a 24-year-old playing at that level. And I could see Kyrie in this postseason putting up historic numbers and kind of not carrying the load offensively because they have Durant. But I could see him late in games hitting big shot after big shot. And as much as we get frustrated with him, he just had one of the best seasons. I mean, obviously he missed some games, but while he was on the floor, it's one of the best seasons we've ever seen. So I'm interested to see what Kyrie looks like. I also just trust him in these spots. I know he flaked in Boston, but I mean, Kyrie, as much as we don't, and as much as people like to shit on him, as far as just watching, we've said this before, it's, it's must watch. So I'm curious to see what he does to further his legacy. But to your point, Kyle, the reason I, can't root for the nets is i just it frustrates me i mean i like durant and i was so pissed when harden went there because i was finally excited to see durant kind of have his own team and and win a championship that no one could give him grief for and i know he won the two mvps and i don't know if in 20 years people say oh well like he went to golden state and that team was so good like those aren't real rings like we might say with harden if he wins but they're real rings like no one cares in retrospect how good your team was Um, but at the same time, it does bother me. Like if Durant wins again this year, he now has three rings on what I view as the two best offensive teams of all time. I can't, I can't root for Brooklyn. Can any of you root for Brooklyn? Say that, say the Knicks are out of it. Are you rooting? We know Gabe's rooting for Philly. Robbie, how about you? Um, as I said, I'd rather one of those, uh, younger teams in the West win. Um, I don't know. My, my, my brain tells me to root against Brooklyn, uh, for the reasons I just said. But I feel like just watching that that beautiful offensive excellence is gonna might turn me as as we get to the later rounds. Yeah, that's what's and funny too because people get people get so frustrated with Durant and Kyrie off the court and the fact that they like come off as being such unhappy surly guys. But then you sit down and watch the game and it's impossible to root against them. Like I can't do it. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Kyle? I honestly don't know if I'm gonna be rooting for them or not. I, like. I, I rooted against the KD Warriors teams mostly just because I wanted to see LeBron win. Um, <laughs> like, if you were rooting for the Warriors, you can imagine that that was a ton of fun just because it's, like, the best brand of basketball ever. Um, and I honest, honestly don't know. Like, I respect watching those guys so much. They're all so incredible. Um, so I, I think I would root for them over Philly. Um, I'm not sure about the other teams in the West besides the uh, Lakers, but – um, I don't know. We'll see. You're going to root for Philly if the Lakers are going to the finals because you're going to want you're going to want a better matchup. You're probably That's right. what's going to happen. You're probably All right, right. Let, let's move on. Let's quit. Let's quickly just talk about this. Um, just a thought I had. If Dallas ends up losing to the Clippers in the first round, what's the next move for them? Because 
I know Gabe and Robbie are giddy about the Porzingis trade and the fact that he he does not look like anything they had hoped he would be, especially with the contract they gave him, even though they had to give him that contract after the trade. But what do you foresee in Dallas? This is Luca's third season. He's going to be entering his prime before we know it. Probably next. I mean, technically, he's probably already in it. So what do you think happens for Dallas if they if they lose in this first round? Do you think they overreact? I mean, <laughs> the problem is I don't think anyone will want KP with his contract. I know, I know we, we dug into him as, as hard as humanly possible last time, but what, what moves do they have to make? I mean, I'm not like an expert on, on cap space for this offseason, but I know for a fact that no one's going to be, they're not going to be getting KP for, for more than 50 cents on the dollar. So, um, sorry, I think I just, um, no, I, I don't, I don't know what they do. I don't think time is, by any means, let me mute this. Uh, I'll fill it for a second. No, I was going to say too, I don't know the exact moves, but I think we said this last time, like you have Luca, who's one of the best talents we've seen in the league. Like you have to start surround, you have to start giving him a chance to win. And he's, he has no chance to win right now. Yeah. I think I, what's, I, sorry, I, just to finish I, what I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say was, um, I just think, I think with KP they're fucked, but, uh, I don't think time is running out on Luca. He's 21 no. or 22. And, and I think the beauty of him is that guys are going to want to join that guys are going to want to play with that. And so I, I guess free agency is, is going to be the, is going to have to be their move. This is like when I laughably said last podcast that the nuggets uh, had to start winning as if their window was closing when it's realistically just opening. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, their roster right now is not much. Um, so I agree, Robbie, like they're going to have to go through free agency. Um, and the one thing, I don't know, I just wanted to ask you guys, like, do you feel like Luca is the type of guy who would realistically, like they kind of have to build around him or would he leave? Would he ditch Cuban and, and head to another place? Or I kind of feel like he would. Yeah. I mean, not that because Lillard's the main guy that, hasn't won and hasn't left, but, and not that he's not ultra competitive Lillard, but I feel like Luca is, and I feel like Luca can't stand losing just his attitude on the court. Granted, this is a futurist conversation, but I feel like he would prioritize winning over the Cuban relationship. Kyle. I think it's really tough. If you're the Mavs and you do everything to center everything around this guy for the entirety of his time there. And then it's still a question of whether or not he's going to stay. Um, but, but I guess that's today's game. Um, I hope he stays. Um, I, I can't imagine really a reason where, why he would want to leave if they do keep, you know, centering things around him and making positive steps. Um, the KP thing will hinder them, you know, financially, but um, they were talking about um, obviously being in the Giannis sweepstakes. So, um, there should be some light at the end of the tunnel with the cap room and just making sure that they use it wisely at that point. Yeah. A burning question for you guys is how much are you guys going to hate Trey young in a week or two from now, regardless of outcome? It's going to be bad. <laughs> More or less than Alfred Payton. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nick's Twitter is, is extremely harsh, rightfully so to Alfred Payton. Would you rather see Frank getting his minutes? I would just cause he can, defensively he can, he can bring more than Alfred. I honestly, if you, if you've watched the last, you know, and it's gotten worse 
progressively the last few games, but like his effort level is just Alfred's effort effort level is just it's shit. Um, He's also not one of the guys on the bench who's like going nuts, like celebrating. Like, you know, I'm not in the building, but I'm watching on MSG and I see like Kevin Knox going absolutely nuts every time like a big bucket is hit. Um, and it Yo, always Pinson. seems like Alfred is Pinson. a little surly that uh, he's not in and it's D Rose or IQ or, you know, Burks or whoever in a guard waiting game. I mean, you, you, you got to try to give Tibbs the, the benefit of the doubt, but it's, it, it it's not acceptable if Alfred plays in the playoffs. I mean, we have we have four guards who are balling out with uh, with RJ Burks quickly and uh, who am yes. I forgetting? And Rose. Yeah. So I mean, there's just there's not enough minutes. Like why why does he have to play the first six minutes of of the first and second halves and we lose those minutes and then you know those quickly and, and Burks and Rose guys have to pick up his slack like. Maybe we could just get ahead in the first, you know, six minutes of the game. And you can pull I, a, uh, if you're Coach Tibbs, you could pull a uh, a Jeff Yule and have someone checking in with uh, after thirty <laughs> seconds after tip. That's what he pulled on me one time. Just to elaborate on that story, we started the second half of a game. This is our high school basketball coach freshman year who uh, realistically um, removed my passion for actually playing organized basketball. Um, that's probably not nice, but regardless, <laughs> um, yeah, I started the first half of a game and obviously the, 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 I was playing shooting guards. So the two would run to the right wing, the three to the left, whoever the three at the time ran to the right wing. So I filled in the left and he called a timeout five seconds into the half and asked me where I was going and pulled me. So that's what Kyle's referring to with coach. Ewell. That's what the Alfred uh, rotation is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it'll be in the playoffs. I hope well, I was going to say, Randall and Barrett are going to be playing 44 plus minutes a night in this series. And I wouldn't be surprised should. if a guy like quickly gets like a DMP. I do you think he's going to go with, what do you think the rotation is going to be seven or eight max? He said he would, he, he hasn't really said much. He's been vague about the rotation because he probably wants to keep it away from the Hawks. But I mean, he's going to run his starters into the ground. We'll see if, uh, if what happens with the Alfred situation, I feel like he, he likes that second unit a lot um, playing together. And typically like in the second half, he'll go with whoever has the hot hand of, of that unit. And then mix in like, obviously OB gets yanked in the second half pretty quickly, but um, you know, he'll, he'll go with Rose and whoever's hot of like RJ Bullock Burks. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't see why he would change that approach, but yeah. I mean, before we get stuck on the next one, we'll, we'll get to, at the end of this, we're just going to, I say quick, we'll see how quick we can be with our just yeah. series predictions in round one. Um, but for the legacy ladder, first of all, we can celebrate the fact that the defensive player of the year and the MVP ladders are done for the season that that's finished on our social media um, feeds. But I wanted to just quickly, maybe a mockery to the legacy ladder. What I meant by this is just in this postseason whose legacy is most at stake. And I'll start off, and I think it has to be Giannis. I think at what point we're going we're gonna to continue sitting here, and he's going he's gonna to reach that point, maybe he already has, where the regular season is just completely insignificant. And I'm interested to see if he can take that next step now that he has a better supporting cast in Drew Holiday. P.J. Tucker will be big come playoff time. I think for Giannis, 
people are going to start to turn on him quickly if they don't win this season. I know he's got a tall order um, to get through this Eastern Conference, starting with Miami. But as far as legacies are concerned, I think I think it's Giannis for me. Kyle, you want to go ahead? Yeah, no, no, I agree. I was just thinking. I think it's interesting that it seems like he'll get um, he'll get hit harder in terms of public perception for if the Bucks, uh, you know, don't make the Eastern Conference Finals or Finals than Embiid will if uh, if they don't make the finals. Just kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that is a good point. I, I think he will too. Then and it's probably because he has the MVPs and everything runs through him. I mean, not that it doesn't for Embiid, but he does have the MVPs and people don't like when uh, you get those and then don't, don't have it translate to um, postseason success. But I think there's the biggest variance of how we would look at a player would be for Giannis if they were to win at all. Um, you know, he would be showered in glory. Um, but if they were to lose, it would be, um, you know, the continuing turn against him, like, does the way he played, uh, you know, translate to winning that whole, uh, that whole shtick that we have grown accustomed to. So I think Giannis is, you know, a very interesting focal point of the playoffs. Robbie. I actually, I, I, I have to disagree here. Um, and I think the reason that I say that is because it, it's based on Embiid and the Sixers last year. Like, so they get swept by the Celtics Embiid gives up, he's out of shape. And we all rightfully shit on him. Uh, and then eight months later, he's one of the two best players in the NBA. Uh, they're one of the top five contenders to win it all. So I think, I just think it's a little short-sighted to say that like an early exit is going to ruin someone's legacy when they're only 25 years old. Um, Cause they're going to have, they have 10 more years of, of going after that ring. So I think to me, the answer is Chris Paul um, for the reasons we talked about earlier and then also LeBron, I mean, LeBron is cemented as a top two or three player in, in, in the league, but he's going to have to get at least one more to, to be catapulted over MJ. So I think the older you are, the more that these playoffs impact your legacy because you're just you're running out of you're running out of time, running out of chances. Yes, I, I do agree. Well, I think like it's yeah, LeBron and Chris Paul and Chris Paul are kind of it's like a higher level of, of legacy that we're talking about. Um, like Robbie said, with Embiid and Giannis, there's always next year. Um, so it's always like, you know, you, you can focus on that. But I think outside of those two, you know, the Paul George and Kawhi experiment is going through quite a, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see if, if they don't get – you know, at least to the Western Conference Finals this year, it's this is probably going to be their best opportunity. I mean, when else are you going to be playing with, you know, a top five guy in the league when you're Paul George? So, you know, I'll be interested to see. I I, I agree. I, I'm I'm rooting for Paul George to be able to to step up in the playoffs this year. I I feel like no one's talking about the Clippers, and it's like. Last year, we were, you know, they were the favorite to win it all. So, yeah, last I'm year with, we were, yeah, everyone, yeah, exactly. I'm with you, Gaby. I was actually looking, uh, I was looking at the championship odds and uh, the Clippers are like right behind the Lakers. It's like Lakers plus 500, Clippers plus 600. So, feels like while. Who's the favorite they, in the West? The Jack. Lakers. Oh. No, it's, it's Lakers. Lakers. Uh, hold on, I, I have it up. 
somewhere. But yeah, so we got Lakers 500, Clippers 600, and Jazz 800. And then in the East, we have Nets 250, Sixers 750, Bucks 1200. Yeah, that's why it's. I mean, how are the Lakers? You're hearing you say that gets me all excited. Yeah, how are the Lakers four and a half point favorites? Some on Wednesday. I mean, I know the thought is they'll get better throughout the postseason. And then, like, if I feel like if you took, I mean, if any other team in the top four was playing Golden State, there'd be a bigger line, but we'll see. We'll see, Robbie. I want to hear your, I want to hear this Bill Simmons rant. Let's hear about this. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I, I love Bill. I listen to every single NBA pod that he has. I think for a text, you're referring to my text yesterday. Yeah. So that was just that was immediately after the Knicks win, um, clinching the four seed. And what I was responding to was one of his pods last week when he said that if the Knicks ended up playing the Hawks, that the Hawks would be the heavy favorite, the heavy favorite, and that he'd be shocked if the Knicks win. I, I would just like him to explain that to me face to face because I don't understand it. The Knicks have the best player in the series by a lot. They have a better coach by a lot. They have home court in the Garden where they're raising capacity. We're all going to be there, even if it costs me 2000 bucks. Um, and I just like, I, I don't think he even believes what he's saying sometimes. Cause I don't see why the, I, I don't see why the Knicks wouldn't win this series. Uh, I think it's going to be a long series, but um, Randall's going to dominate. RJ is going to continue to, to grow and have his garden moment. And uh, we're, we're going to figure out Trey young. We're going to double him when we have to. And what has that roster done that, that this Nick's roster hasn't, so yeah, well, I'm fucking pumped up. I'm so yeah. pumped up. Robbie, he, ste- he stepped classic. it back today. Today he today. I mean, I love Bill Simmons too, but today he actually wouldn't dis- he wouldn't say who he thinks is gonna win that series. So I mean, he obviously wasn't too confident on what he said a few days ago either. Yeah. He was I mean, he was all- using the garden. I'm sure he listened. Yeah, he was mentioning that. If it gets to a game seven at the garden, that's going to be an awful environment for the Hawks to play in. And they don't have the, they don't have the veteran leadership to win that game. No, I'm excited to see Gabe uh, root so hard against Trey Young though. It's going to be, we're going to receive a lot of angry texts. I mean, it's so easy to root against him. Um, So easy. All right. So we should, we should get to these playoff predictions soon, but a few more topics I wanted to hit. First of all, for these playoffs, preference TNT or ESPN, Kyle? Where, where do you prefer the game is? Oof, I I, 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 I think ESPN. Um, I just think Breen is the voice for me. I love Van Gundy, um, and I think their production is slightly better, and also the. Uh, What's this, the the name of the song? Just the, like the round ball rock, I think it is. Um, but it, it's close. Um, you really can't go wrong. Um, but you know, Breen is that voice, so I would take him. Gabe. Yeah, I think it's ESPN for the for the in game experience, for the pre game experience, and the halftime show. I'll go TNT. Um, and it it kind of it sucks that you know, TNT has that, that pregame, like the awesome halftime show and pregame show. And then ESPN, like their broadcasters are just way better. Such a different experience, but yeah, I'll take ESPN. Robbie looks like he agrees. Gabe took the words out of my mouth. You know, the, the, the all, whatever that show is called with 
with Chuck and Shaq and Ernie. Inside the, the NBA, NBA is electric. It's, it's unmatched, uh, but uh, it doesn't get have, better. <laughs> but when you have Breen and Doris, I mean, those play by play and, and color guys take the cake. So, yeah, I agree with Gabe. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Richard Jefferson gets a lot of reps this postseason on ESPN. I'm a big fan of his. He keeps it light, but it's, it's still fun. Um, for me, I do prefer ESPN, but I am a huge Iron Eagle guy. And if, if you get an Iron Eagle game with the TNT halftime crew, that that's, that's pretty good for me. And as good as Mark Breen is, he's washed out by Mark Jackson, who Kyle has started to think has kind of brought his form back. But I think, I think Mark Jackson continues to just be insufferable. The entire, I, how many times I, I, someone someone hits a fadeaway jumper in the second quarter and he's yelling that it's a grown man move? It's like, what what are you saying? It's it's not that I think his form is vastly improved. It's that it's so much the same of what it always is that it's like rounded back into being funny and entertaining. Um, and I I just got a kick out of it last week. Um, there was an ESPN game on and Mike and Breen's mic cut out. So it was just Mark Jackson doing play by play. He was just doing everything for like 10 minutes of airtime. And it was so funny. Um, I, it was the, it was the Hawks and the wizards. And it was just like, and Trey young looks to get in the pick and roll again. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> He's also going to be pushing like 300 by the end of the finals. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you guys prefer ESPN. All right, a few more. I, th- we, I think we obviously have to touch on – although we have one more. Th- let's get to this first. Just if you're sitting there watching the playoffs, um, I guess this is a question from one of you guys. Would you rather watch the East or the West? For me, for me, it's, the, it's easily the West. I, I won't elaborate too much. I just think there's more talent. Um, obviously, Brooklyn's exciting, but I think that that bottom half of the East after – Miami just isn't I mean look at the seven you can get a seven eight of uh, Lakers Warriors in the West and that's that's not fair so I'd go with the West Kyle I might go East um I think the the four or five obviously holds a special place in our hearts um and just like the storyline centering around the top three of the East um you know those three like big squads um I don't know. I, I feel like I've had more. I've followed the Eastern Conference more intently this year than years past, especially with like the new Brooklyn team and the Knicks being good. Um, I've and yeah, I, I just think they're. It's a little bit more interesting where like the West is kind of the same cast of characters. I mean, just basically LeBron, but um, I would roll with the East this year. I mean, the beauty of this question is that we don't have to answer it, right? Exactly. Yeah, we get we get to watch everything. I'm going to go with Kyle here. I, I think it's tough, but um, I like the grittiness of the East, the defense, um, and obviously the 4-5. But I, <laughs> no, I think there's some good matchups. I, I'm really excited about this Milwaukee-Miami um, series. And then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited about it. On the West, you know, I agree that um, – there's just top to bottom, like the, the series are, are a little better, but I'm just going to go with the East. All right. I think uh, just, just to, just yeah. to follow up on that, on that uh, Bucks heat series. I also think the Bucks are going to win. Um, 
But have you guys seen the series line on that? No. For the Heat plus 260? It's Bucks minus 320 and Heat plus 260. And I think the Bucks are better this year, obviously, with, with Holiday. And I think the Heat might be a little bit worse, uh, just relying on too many minutes from guys like Iggy and, and Ariza. But shouldn't that be a little bit closer? I mean, they, they beat their asses last year. And I think that, I think that series goes six or seven at the minimum. So might, yeah. have, might have a good price there. I think yeah, we'll we'll fully dive into this during our predictions. I think it, I think you can easily play both sides. But before we're going to take a break before we go to the playoff predictions. But before then, I think we have to drool on Steph for a little bit and just talk about the season he just had, and specifically when he pulled his jersey up yesterday and just started yelling. That was an all time. That's an all time moment. I will never forget that. And I've already said that I foolishly didn't enjoy him as much as I should because of the LeBron era and them playing against each other. But like, this is the most fun guy to watch of our era. And I don't think it's debatable. This season was unbelievable. Absolutely go ahead, Robbie. I know you are Kyle. God. I was just going to say absolutely the funnest player to watch this year. Um, the post all-star break run was, you know, fictional. It was like such a joke. Um, and it, it's the same, it's the same things every game where, you know, we, we've seen it all now with him, and it's still unbelievable. So he's just, like, as good as it gets. I mean, yesterday was yesterday was such a treat. It was like, it was like the play-in before the play-in, obviously, because, you know, the winner of that game got the eight versus the nine. And he, <laughs> he like, didn't even – he didn't shoot that efficiently and still dropped, like, a quiet 46. I mean, just what an unbelievable season. He'll finish third in MVP. And what's more exciting for me is that, like, you know, before when Clay got hurt, we were thinking like, oh, shit, maybe this is it. Uh, maybe we're not going to see Steph compete for championships anymore. But, I mean, next year with, with Clay coming back, hopefully, Draymond's still 80% of what he was and, and Steph playing at an MVP level. Um, plus, they might get like a top six pick. I mean, they're going to be in the mix next year. And what, what, a, what a delight for NBA fans that'll be. Yeah, I mean Dray- Draymond's still a great player. We'll we'll get into this during the during the series breakdowns. But also, man, my last thought on Steph too is, I feel like as that good of a player and with that with a franchise for so long, like it's easy for other players to get jealous or not have the support for the main guy that consistently. But when he hit that three and then goes to the other corner furthest away from their bench and the whole bench is over there going nuts, like that. I mean, that just speaks to to Steph Curry overall. I mean. The guys on the bench seem like they're as in as much awe as we are on our couches too, which is what makes it great. Any closing thoughts, Gabe, before we uh, take a breather? Oh, I mean, the only thing I have to say about Steph is there's just, there's no one when you see that when he crosses half court and he's pulling, you know, he's getting triple teamed and pulling a fadeaway off his back foot. Like that feeling when you just know it's going to go in. And you know it's going to switch. It's not even going to hit the rim. There's no other player in the league like that. And Just like you guys were saying, it's just so fun to, to witness. And he's just – he's the best. He's special. So yeah. there's, no, there's no better combination than a Steph three with a Breen bang or a double bang. Yeah, there, there, there actually isn't. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a few minutes before we dive into these uh, playoff predictions uh, and uh, embark on another two-and-a-half-hour podcast. Ha, ha, ha.
All right, we're back after a brief break. We're going to do uh, some quick playoff predictions here of the first round. We're going to, the hoop heads are going to gather after the, each round of the NBA playoffs. We'll give some predictions at the end of each episode. So we're going to start with the West and we're going to be under the assumption that the Lakers are our seven seed and the Warriors are eight seed. So starting with the Jazz Warriors, assuming that the Jazz will be pretty heavily favored. Kyle, let's start with you here. If you want to just give us your uh, winner and your game total, maybe some brief analysis. Sure. Um, as much as I'd like to take the upset here, I'll take the Jazz. Um, I'll give the Warriors two games. So I'll say Jazz and six. Um, you know, you can see the staff going off um, and, you know, the you know the know-how between him and Draymond. I think it'd be really interesting to see the Warriors manage to get go bear and pick and roll pretty much every time down the court. If that matchup does happen, uh, you know, that'll be the game plan. Um, and just like a side note that it's interesting that defensive player of the year is constantly kind of played off the court or targeted on defense, but um, you know, the jazz do have too much. They're a little bit too balanced. Um, and as much as I would like to see Steph pull it off, like a full series win, um, can't do it. Um, but he'll get his numbers. They'll earn their respect, but Jazz and six. Gabe? I'm going to go Jazz and seven. Yeah. And my only analysis is just too much depth for the Jazz. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I have Jazz and six, although I, I hope it goes seven. Um, I just think – I think Steph and Draymond together can get you two wins against anyone. Um, but, yeah, Jazz have too much. I mean, their front eight – their top eight is – Again, as I said earlier in the earlier in the pod, underrated. I think they're a real contender. Uh, I think Donnie makes the leap. Um, although I guess he'll he'll have to round into form after missing a couple couple weeks. But um, yeah, too much. I'm gonna have to take the Jazz in six too. I wanted to say seven. Um, I am curious to see what Mitchell and Conley look like. They haven't. I mean, they haven't played in a bit, and we'll see what that looks like. I think the problem is was out of control in the bubble. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if he can. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is the, as you guys mentioned, the jazz are so deep and those few minutes that Curry's not on the floor, it's just going to be hard to stay with them. And also we know this about the warriors. They just need that second guy that can potentially help Curry. If he's off a little bit or take on the offensive load, they don't really have another heat check guy that can go off. I mean, you'd like to think it's Wiggins, but it's not. So I think Curry, as you guys mentioned, will give us, a game, a, a memorable game or two, but I just think that they don't have the the stamina or the the depth to stay with Utah. So I think well, that's sounds like cur- sounds like Gabe is baking in one Jordan Poole game. I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So we we all have the Jazz there in either six or seven, and then moving on to what I think has got to be the juiciest round two matchup is Phoenix Lakers. Just starting off here, I'm going to take the Lakers in six tempted to go seven again, but I'm going to say six. I don't want to overreact to what happened a week ago. And I did overreact at the time. I got all excited and started texting you guys at 6am about it, but AD in that game, it's just, there's nothing they can do with him for the Lakers. Overall, I'm curious to see what LeBron looks like. AD has actually looked pretty healthy to me. I thought that he was going to come back and that it was going to be a torn Achilles within a week. I just wasn't very optimistic about it. Um, as harsh as that may be, but I am 
I want to see Pelicans Anthony Davis in this in this postseason, and I think if he's healthy, we may see it, particularly in this series. Um, the only concern, obviously, for the Lakers, not the only, but the main concern for me is just closing time Chris Paul and how problematic that can be. But I have Lakers in six. Kyle? Yeah, um, it is, it's a shame for Phoenix um, and Chris Paul if they are to, to draw this straw. Um, I'm going to say Lakers in five, basically mostly off of what you mentioned, Rye, with that, that Anthony Davis game. I mean, he put up 30 with relative ease, and that was without LeBron on the court. Granted, it's a regular season game, but um, LeBron and AD in the playoffs, uh, they won each – or they won in five on their way to the finals last year. Um, I will say five yet again. I think five's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. That would be, that'd be really tough. I have Lakers in seven. Um, but I, I, I think the Suns have a chance to do it. Uh, I just it'll, – it'll be interesting to see – you know, both of those guys are, are coming back from pretty significant injuries. Uh, LeBron and AD, obviously. And after the top two, the Suns are much better. Uh, so it's just going to be whether LeBron's 18 years of, of dominance in the playoffs and, and AD's, uh, see if he can follow up what he did last year. I think it's too much at, at, at the top, but, oh, God damn, I would love to see the Suns win that. Yeah, building – I mean, I mean, I guess adding on to my argument is that I, I think of Phoenix as a really half-court-centric offense, and I know that Lakers uh, – the Lakers are a pretty um, – you know, Number one They're defense. a very effective – yeah, number one defense, especially in the half-court, um, so that just kind of plays into it. Yeah, Caruso's amazing, so <laughs> – <laughs> No, I, I'm going with Lakers in seven – I really, really like Phoenix. I'm really tempted to, to go Phoenix here. Um, I love their team. I love their just overall, like the way that they move the ball, the way that they play defense. Um, I think it just, to me, comes down to Aiton versus the Lakers bigs. And, and if he can handle the, if he can handle it down there. Um, so if it goes to seven games, like how can you pick against LeBron? And so I just – I think it's going to go seven. I think the Lakers will pull it out. Do you guys think the Lakers closing five is better or worse this year? I think it's worse. I think that I, as bad as Danny Green was last season, I'd prefer uh, Green and Rondo over Caruso and Schroeder, which I think their closing five will probably be Schroeder, LeBron, AD, Caruso, and uh, KCP pretty uninspiring i know because i mean you could say it's uninspiring but look at two of those names i know but i don't i like ron i don't love Schroeder late in the <laughs> we haven't seen it with Schroeder, obviously um and playoff rondo is who he is um but i i would also agree that last year was a little bit stronger yeah well i mean yeah as far as lakers too we'll move on i'm, I'm curious to see if tht actually makes an impact in the postseason Ooh, as well he's had a why don't we give Gabe 30 seconds on THD? Yeah, go. <laughs> I mean, he hit a step back three to beat the Knicks. Uh, so he kind of earned my respect. I mean, THT is just this year's Caruso. Uh, you know, every year LeBron gets a, a wig man who's completely overhyped. And the, <laughs> they were saying that, that Horton Tucker was going to be, you know, a big name in the playoffs for them and like, you know, going to be winning them games. 
I don't, I don't know. Like in the playoffs, I mean, you just pretty much asked the question, like, is he going to be, is he going to be a big part of their, he's not going to be a closer for them. I can't imagine. I think he's a solid young piece. Um, but I just think this spot is, is, you know, it's going to be way too big for him. And yeah, that will, speaking of overhyped guys next to LeBron, I know he's improved defensively, but you think Kuzma will be on the floor at the end of these games? No, I don't either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're close. They're they're supporting cast. I mean, I said this last year because I'm a paranoid LeBron guy, but their supporting cast just doesn't look that good. But as Kyle mentioned, they have two of. I mean, you could argue they have two of the best five guys in the league in this postseason. All right, let let's go to the next series in the West: Clippers Dallas rematch of last year where Luca hit the step back. They lost last year in six without KP. Uh, all jokes aside, they're kind of without KP again this season, this uh, postseason. Let's start with you, Gabe. What do you uh, What do you see here? I have Clippers in six, um, and I think I just I want to see Kawhi and Paul George get back on track um, and kind of win this. And you know, six it's not too dominant, but I want to see them kind of handle their business, um, and I think it's going to be important for them to just to try to win this in as few games as possible. And, you know, I, I just feel like the Luca train, I'm interested to see, you know, what Luca does this postseason and can he kind of turn it on and take it to that next level? And he definitely did that last season. Um, it seems like there's a little less flair around him this, this postseason. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. And I, I think, I think the Clippers will take care of business. I'm excited to see him and Marcus Morris get in a fight at some point during this series. That's a lock. <laughs> Robbie? Clippers in five. Uh, the Mavericks suck outside of Luka. KP sucks. And uh, I think... I they think live Brunson. I think the, I do really like Brunson a lot. And, and THJ is playing well. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see THJ playing well. But... Uh, I think the Clippers are. I think the Clippers are hungry. I think they're a real Finals uh, threat, and I don't think the Mavs are in the same class. So five, maybe four. I'm gonna say before we go to you, Kyle. I'm gonna say Clippers in six. Um, there's just something about them that I, I can't put a finger on. The Clippers. They also handpicked this matchup, which is interesting. That they decided they wanted Dallas instead of Portland. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that on paper, Portland's scarier, but we'll see. I think, I think Luca can grab two games. I think he's that good. Um, and I also feel like with the Clippers, they're the type of team that's going to like play into playoff form where I don't see them going balls to the wall in the first few games. I want to see, I want to see old Kawhi, who is a problem defensively. He, he kind of just goes through the motion sometimes in these games and I feel like it's playoff time. He took about 20 games off this season to rest. So let's, I mean, what is he, 29 years old? Let's see, let's see Kawhi go full throttle. I would say Dallas or uh, the Clippers in six. Uh, yeah, I'm going five. Um, I think it's unfortunate for Luca that his two playoff series in his career have each been against the same team that has like the two best wing defenders in the league. Um so that's definitely not ideal for him, but he, he stole a game or two last year. Um, I also think that their supporting cast was a little bit better last year. Um, I remember Seth Curry hit like, or he was a big time, like off, off the ball playmaker. Um, 
like late in games uh, when like Luca was taking a possession off or, you know, he just couldn't get it going in that possession. Um, and they don't really have that second guy this year. Um, and I also agree with Gabe that it's important to the Clippers that they get it done in as few games as possible, given that, you know, Kawhi and PG are always on the rest train. Um, so I think they, they don't fool around too much. All right. Final West series, Denver, Portland, Denver's a difficult team to read, but let's start uh, with you, Robbie. What do you, what do you see here? Three, six matchup. I'm, I'm happy because I'm the biggest damn guy. Uh, I'm sad because I think I texted you guys this like right before the Murray injury. I was going to take them to win the West. Like yeah, I took that before the season. Um, and I still think they're really good. I think what MPJ is doing is, is fantastic. Um, I think Gordon's been great for them, and you know how much I love Composo. But uh, I'm going to take the Blazers here in seven. Uh, I just think if it comes down to that seventh game, Joker's going to dominate. But, you know, I'm, I'm ready for Dame time. So, Dame in seven. Gabe? Our first upset. Yeah. Denver, uh, is Denver favored in the series? Oh, I was thinking just slightly. Slightly? Yeah, it's pretty even. Um I'm going Blazers in seven as well. Uh, sadly, I'm just I'm curious to see what the Nuggets do at point guard. Like, are they going to start Composo? Um, so, uh, like, I don't think Composo can really play against the Blazers. Uh, I think they need to. The Nuggets need to lean uh, Monte Morris. I like. I feel like I, I can't understand why he isn't starting right now. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I, I think the Blazers, just too much firepower. I like Norm Powell a lot. A lot. Mellow. 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 Oh. Um, so, <laughs> and I like the Nurkic-Jokic storyline in there. So It's a great I, series. Yeah, it's a fun series. Yeah, right, the 3-6 uh, three, three is a ton of fun on both sides. Um, I'll take the Nuggets. Um, look for MPJ to take another step. Um, and Jokic MVP, um, you know, there's, there's definitely not a ton of defense that's going to be played in this series. I like the overs across the board. Um, but I do think the Nuggets pull it out. Um, and it's another first round, uh, exit for the trailblazers and, uh, perhaps some changes to come based off that. We'll see. I agree, Kyle. I'm taking Denver and six. I think Oh, I didn't give a number. I'll say six also. Yeah, Denver and six. I think with you, I'm with you as well. That I think Portland. Uh, this might be the final uh, McCollum Lillard series that we see. Question for you guys: uh, what, what big two do you like more in this series, Jokic, MPJ, or Lillard, McCollum? It's interesting because they're so different. Um, shit. I mean, I guess, I guess the Nuggets, just because we've kind of seen what the guards of Portland do. And granted, it would be different if they had defenders all around them. But, um, you know, I'll take the ceiling of the, uh, the younger guys in Denver. Another question, too. Um, well, do you, you know, do you guys want to quickly give your thoughts on that? I'll jump in on that. I, I, yeah. actually, I like the way that Jokic and, and Porter Jr. have been playing off each other. Like, Porter Jr. has kind of developed into, like, a nice off-ball like he can move off ball really well. Um, so I, I, 
I like what they've been doing together. Um, but I'm not going against Dame and CJ. Um, and the, the only other note I had, and it's something I noticed actually when the Knicks played the Nuggets and got blown out, um, is that the Nuggets started like a really tall lineup against them um, outside of Compazzo. I think they started they started Compazzo, Porter Jr., Gordon, um, Millsap, and Jokic. And I like that's there, there's not like a like how tall is Porter Jr. Like six eight, six nine. He's the two on that in that lineup. So like that size is kind of scary. That's the only thing I can see kind of overwhelming the Blazers. How about you, Robbie? What the big two versus the big two? Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 neck and neck. Um I think the question there is, you know, we've seen CJ play well in the playoffs. I don't I don't think we have to get into Joker versus uh Dame. I mean Joker's had a better year, but Dame yeah. has more more playoff success. Um I think we know what we'll get from CJ. The question is in the series is if MPJ makes that next step um and can fill the, the Murray void or if he's not quite ready yet. I mean he's he's never dealt with this before. So that's I'm excited to see that. He's been amazing, but when the when the lights get bright, we'll see. Yeah, it's just Murray, frustrating. The because, Murray thing is such a shame. Yeah, I mean Portland has tried to bring in above average defenders with Rocco and um I'm blanking out on his name. Um lefty that, that jumps Derek over Jones. the rim. Robbie Derek Hood. Jones, oh. Derek Norm Powell. And they still can't defend at all. So I think that, I mean, not that this is a bull take. I think that's going to be the issue for them in this series. And I think another clear point, I think Jokic is just that good. And he's not, regardless of the cast, I think he's going to get out of this series. All right, let, let's move to the East. I think we agreed on the fact that the 1-8 and the 2-7 matchups aren't going to be necessarily that tight. We can hypothetically say Philly-Boston or Philly-Charlotte I think whoever Philly plays, if we want to start there, I'm going to take Philly in five with just a gentleman sweep. Gabe? Same. Yeah, there's nothing there. It, yeah. yeah. Not, not much to say. Um, my play-in choices were a little bit different. Uh, so I have uh, the Sixers over the Wizards in five and the Nets over the Celtics in five. Yeah, Kyle, same. Uh, yeah, but Nets over the Celtics in the sweep. Yeah, I think the yeah moving to the Nets series. I think if unless it's the Wizards, I would take them in four. The Wizards in five, maybe. Um, I mean, while we're on the Nets, I, if the Nets are healthy, like I don't, I don't see anyone competing with them in the East. I don't see anyone in the NBA competing with them other than the Lakers. And I've, I've held strong on this. Like anyone that's going to try to convince themselves otherwise, look at their team. They have we don't we don't even need to we don't need to get into this, but I think oh, that we I, I think that's going to be the ultimate like flip put the on switch on and we're just going to laugh that we thought anyone had a chance, maybe even including the Lakers. Well, I think Gabe might have something to say based on his I know earlier. I know. Well, I you know I touched on this in our in our last podcast, but historically those those first year big threes don't have too much success um in their first year so also with a rookie coach um they're all kind of just coming back like how many games have the three of them played together this year like yeah 
I mean, it's also sad, but like, what are the odds of Durant playing two months straight with no injury? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a coaching thing. I think Nash has been great this year, honestly. Um, but I, I, I just think it's their first year together. They need time to gel. They have like, it's kind of a built-in excuse for them. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Sixers over Brooklyn. All right. Well, so, yeah, we are. <laughs> so the, me, me and Gabe are immediately going to be texting our, our boy Luke Gager after this. And I, I think Gabe might be just trying to butter him up a little bit. But uh, if you believe that, then, hey, all the power. Russillo believes it too. Um, I haven't said what I think about the conference finals, but I think now's as good a time as any. But I think Milwaukee's going to win the East. I love it. Kyle. They're Kyle my choice. Yes. Yeah. Kyle like loves old school basketball. I Eastern do. It's a shame. I guess we, I can transition this into the yeah, bring Milwaukee the versus series. the Heat. Yeah. Because, um, shit, I like both these teams a lot. Um, but I will take the Bucks in six in this one. And their road is hard because um, they'll then have to go play. Um, who are they playing? Um, Milwaukee at, would have to play the Nets. Yeah. So that's, that's not ideal, but uh, they won those back-to-back games a few weeks ago, and I like the hunger. There's a little bit more continuity. I love the Drew Holiday edition. Chris Middleton's like silky. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I like everything about him. Under the radar, um, definitely more so this year than last, and definitely more under the radar than Brooklyn or Philly. Um, so I'll ride my guy Giannis. I'm taking the heat in seven here. I think Ooh. it's uh, – this honestly just came in my head, and I'm going to ride with it. It's just Spolstra versus, versus Budenholzer. I, I think Budenholzer is arguably the worst coach in this postseason. I, how many times – like, they need to feed Chris Middleton in the post. Chris Middleton's phenomenal, and he needs more opportunity. And at the end of the game, I think that they're going to be fearful of not going straight to Giannis, whereas you can be the best player on a team and not be the best one-on-one half court option and they just need to admit that. And I don't think they're ready to do that. And I just think that Spolstra is going to drive Giannis crazy again. They have, I know Ariza and Iguodala are old, but they can spread out the minutes. They have enough guys to throw out Giannis and bother him a little bit. Um, and I just think that Spolstra will outcoach him. I think that the heat other than the past month kind of coasted through the regular season. They got killed by COVID and Butler, it's hard to, it's hard. It seems worth saying, but Butler's like a top 10 player in the NBA. So he's the best. Yeah. So I, I I'm going to take Miami here. I think it'll be a lot more competitive than last year. Um, but I think it's going to be another heartbreaking first, another heartbreaking exit for Milwaukee. But you Robbie. wouldn't take them if they were wearing the Miami vices. No, I wouldn't. I, if we can just get red, red at white in this series, like, there's no Across chance. Across the board. There's no chance. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Bucks because of Bobby Portis. I think he's going to be the difference. No. <laughs> um, now I'm going Bucks. I'm going Bucks in seven, but uh, for the reasons I said earlier about, uh, I just don't, I don't trust Iggy and, and Ariza with those minutes. And I think the Bucks are a lot better than last year, but um, I might, I might put some money on the heat with that plus 280 series price or whatever. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to go seven regardless. Robbie, do you think Spolster is the best coach in the league? Uh, Top five or, or Tibbs? Uh, I think <laughs> I think Tibbs should be coach of the year, but I, I'd say in a vacuum, yeah, I think Spo is probably number one. I mean, 
pop maybe three years ago, but yeah. right now, probably Spo. Gabe, who do you have? I'm Bucks and seven. Uh, just Giannis will be too much. I, I think the addition of Drew will will really – I think, like, now that it's playoff time, we'll really be able to see how much that addition will will make a change for them. Um, and it's hard for me not to think about – imagine if they had Bogdanovich. I know. Right? I mean, they would be – you know, if Bogdanovich could slide into that, like, DiVincenzo role, uh, I mean, we're looking at – a very dangerous team. That's the only part of it that like makes me nervous is that DiVincenzo, like Bryn Forbes, um, those guys like playing big minutes for them. Uh, I just think Spo can find a, a way to, you know, attack that, but I'm boxing seven. All right. I mean, I hope we get as many six, seven game series as we predicted. <laughs> yeah. I have like right, seven. It's a good like, round one. It is. I mean, I, yeah. I'll, I'll start off with the Hawks and Knicks. You guys are the more avid Knicks viewers. And frankly, I've made a decision to not watch the Hawks much this year because I really, really can't stand Trey Young. Um, but I think this series inevitably goes seven. I, I would take the Knicks in seven. From what I've watched, I think the games where the Knicks struggle will just clearly be the games where they're just not hitting their shots and are struggling offensively. I mean, they can go through lulls offensively where it's five, six-minute periods of – of having to grind to score, to get buckets. So I think that, I mean, this is obviously a great defense versus a great offense. And ultimately for the reasons some of you've stated, I think Tibbs will eventually be able to just pull this out. And I uh, continue to have faith in Randall to, to be the best guy in this series and, and continue his work. Kyle. Nixon five. <laughs> Love it. No Love bias. It. Cause I, I think they win it at the garden. And that would be game five. Um, I, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, okay. they, they'd be a 2-0, get one in Atlanta and come back to the Garden. I if think it is. <laughs> is it, sorry, if, this is, is it, is it 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one this year again? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, so, we're also, right, how about, I, no, go ahead. How about go this? Ahead. How about this? If it's, <laughs> if it's 3-1 Knicks, how much are we willing to spend on game five? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, what's the cheapest ticket right now is a grand. I mean, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be at local. Well, we can, uh, <laughs> we can take wizards to uh wizard series odds. And then we can use that money on the game. <laughs> the Zards. Um, but yeah, just getting a little bit into the reasoning. Uh, you know, I think defensively, you mentioned it, the mix are kind of everywhere. Um, and Randall is averaging like, I think 37 a game against this Hawks team. They don't really have anyone for them. And I really think, like, the the lid is going to be blown off the top of MSG for these first two home games, and I think that's going to set the tone. I think they they leave up 2-0, um, you know, maybe lose one of the next two, but come back home and, and seal it in game five. I really think that. Gabe, you were at the game. Let's start to you. Um, did it actually – did you feel a home court advantage? What was it like being at a game? What is it, like – Six yeah. to eight thousand there. So, uh, well, regular season was I think it was no more than like two thousand. Um, and it, like to be honest, it was a little bit weird when we first walked in, you know. And then the game starts, and you're like, "Well, like still, you know, you're you're waiting for everybody." Yeah, no one filed in. Yeah, no one filed in. Um, so it was a little weird to start, uh, but then you just you lock in on the game. I mean, I think 
once the once it was crunch time and we weren't expecting crunch time in the game against the Celtics, but we got it. Uh, it was way closer than I would have liked. But once it's crunch time, it it kind of felt exactly like normal. Like Nerlens had a huge block. I I can't wait for Nerlens' first huge block in that series, and the place just erupts. Um, so yeah, like crunch time, it it kind of feels the same, and I expect home court to be a pretty big factor in this series, especially with now they're they're planning to raise the the you know the amount of people that can that can show up. So I I with that said, I'm taking Knicks and seven. I just seven. can't wait to see the Knicks bench erupt at every moment possible in this series. Go ahead, Robbie. I have six. I have the Knicks and six. Um, as I said, we have the best player in the series. Um, I'm sure you guys saw this stat, but for the people who are not on NBA Twitter as much as we are, uh, Julius with the first 24, 10, and six to join Oscar, Wilt, Bird, Russ, and Jokic. So those are the six people of all time who have, who have put up those numbers. He should be first team all NBA. Um, he probably won't be just because, you know, I mean. Luca. Yeah, I mean, we can, get over bias. we can get over the debate if, if whether Luke should be a forward or not. But, I mean, he's going to be first or second team. If not, it's a crime. Um, and I'm just feeling good. I, at five would be crazy. I would love that. But uh, I don't think they'll make it that easy on us. So I'll take six. My, my uh, final note was bubble basketball. That was my – that's the most I've ever enjoyed watching the NBA. And I think that – we might obviously the playoffs will be unbelievable, but there was no time off last year in the bubble. Now you're going to have the two days off for travel and you're going to have, um, they had the, they had the off days every time, but we're not going to get the as constant of basketball as we got last season. And then I remember in past just with the normal NBA schedule, the frustration of sometimes there's, there's three days in between, um, in between games and the game, like six or seven scenario. And if your team loses, that's just uh, like stay away from Twitter for two to three days. It's brutal. So I'm excited. Any, uh, any closing thoughts? I guess we've got, we've got our first game at six 30 tomorrow. That Indiana Charlotte game is going to come down to the, to the end of it. I would imagine. Hopefully, hopefully that matches the first game we had last year of, uh, of um, Utah Denver, which was gotta be the best first round series I've seen. Hopefully we get more of that. Any yeah. uh, any closing thoughts here? Can't wait. All set. All right. Well, I think I think we I think we covered it. Um, thank you for having us as always. Um, I I, th- I think I told you this last time, but uh, the whole family's been been listening to your pods. I think you you guys should get on the airwaves more often. You're killing it. And uh, thank you for having us. And maybe we'll check back in after round one. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on, guys. And yeah, we'll be back. Uh, we'll preview round two in a few weeks. We'll see. Uh, see what our predictions looked like we kept this under two hours which is a big feat for us but thanks for again for joining and i uh, hope you guys enjoy another episode of spilling buckets let's fucking go next, next. let's go, go next, next.